2: What is good, everybody? Thanks for making us part of your Saturday. This is the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network, and I am Rob Statz Guerrera. Thank you for making us part of your Saturday. If you are new to the show, this is where I give you the best five minutes from every long-form show that we have here on the network. Hopefully, you hear it and you like it, and maybe you give one of those long-form shows a spot in your regular podcast rotation Let's start with Mondays. That's myself and Vish Kumar, and we call it Under Review. First and goal at the eight-yard line. <laughs> Brock Purdy uncorks a whopper. The Niners, first of all, run an RPO, and what happened is Purdy pulls it from Elijah Mitchell, and he wants to hit Kittle on a shovel, but Kittle's covered up, so Purdy keeps the ball. And as you laid out earlier, once you do that, you cannot throw the ball by rule because there's lineman. Down the field. Brock Purdy's head, I don't know where it was, Vish. Where the hell did it go? He scrambles out. He tries to throw a ball. It gets tipped and intercepted. On first down. On first down. First and
4: goal. First and goal.
2: That was the game. That was the game. When you can't capitalize in that spot, I felt like it took the heart and the life right out of the Niners.
4: Yeah, that was, and and that goes back. It is what we talked about. He had that in Iowa State, and... There it was. There it was. And look, Jermaine Pratt, he's a very good player, very underrated one, and he made a great play, okay? But, but, the decision to throw the football is stupid regardless of whether Pratt makes that play or not. He should have never thrown that football. And that was, and that, that to me was the breaking point in the game. That was the turning point because the offense had been terrific. Brock had been terrific in a lot of ways. Brock was really, yes. to that point of the game, what was keeping them in the game. His escapes, his timely off-schedule plays, him making down-the-field throws very accurately. He was looking great, and then he does that, and that was just flat-out stupid. I'm not calling him stupid. That decision was stupid, and that really was the turning point in the football game. That really felt like, damn, that was the breaking point because the Niners' okay. offense had so much success for, success for the entirety of this game. And here's, here's the two issues for me. I think there's two deeper issues with him throwing that pick. One, it speaks to, look, when you're Brock Purdy and your entire game is built on, hey, I'm smart, I'm going to process it, I'm going to make good decisions, I'm going to be a good game manager, I'm going to do all of the little things the right way to make sure my team wins. You can't do that. You can't do that in the red zone. That's just a stupid play. So you can't be doing that when your entire brand is to not be that guy. And then the second thing is, when it goes back to the Iowa State point. We saw when the entire game was on him a little bit in Iowa State, he would do stuff like this because when the game's on him, he has this a little bit. This game, in a lot of ways, was one of the more difficult ones he had to play in the NFL in the sense that they couldn't run the football, they couldn't really protect him, and a lot of this game was him dropping back, him dropping back under pressure, and they said, go make plays, right? And if we're talking about a top-tier quarterback, this is why you hesitate to anoint him. This is why you want to see more because in this kind of a situation at home, top-tier quarterbacks don't turn it over twice, three times actually, and top-tier quarterbacks find ways to continuously make plays in that situation. And he made so many freaking plays, but he also made the back-breaking mistakes in this game. And that one right there, that was the backbreaking mistake. First and goal at the red zone, the play busted. Actually, if he hands it off, it might have been a touchdown. You and I talked about that, right? But he chose not to hand it off. The play busted. If he takes a knee right there and gives them second and goal at the 10, they're still in this football game. And he throws it, Rob. He throws it. And I don't even understand the throw because Pratt's in front of his face. What did he think? He was going to throw it through Pratt?
2: (laughs) Sometimes, and I've said this before, sometimes being a quarterback is all about the worst thing. You do. Yes, Brock made a lot of good play. The play before, he scrambled for 12 yards. It was a beautiful play.
4: Unbelievable scramble.
2: But sometimes it's about the worst thing that you do. And this was a backbreaker for the 49ers. Uh, Glass City says, damn, Rob, you're on fire at the moment. I agree with everything you said. Vish and yourself compliment each other perfectly. Very centered and objective point of view. It's very refreshing. Thank you very much. We try, we really do. Uh, yeah. James T. Kirk, shout out to you, YouTube channel member, which by the way, shout out to all our YouTube channel members. If you want to become one, please consider it. it's less than three dollars a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. And you if you want, to follow, if you want, I will follow ah, you on. X. If you want. By the way, since I've said that, nobody ever says I want to follow. Tuesdays is bully ball with Steph Sanchez and Jason Aponte.
5: Like I respect these teams, but at the same time, like I'm so tired of giving like opposed opponents like their props. Oh, like wow. we've been doing this for the last three weeks. It's like wow. Like credit the Kirk Cousins. He had like the game of Kirk his life last week. Cousins did have a week.
6: good game. It's and then there's
5: like Joe Burrow. Man, credit to Joe Burrow. Man, like he Joe Burrow's like up. that though. <laughs> I, but that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm tired of it, man. Like what happened <laughs> to the days of us like making guys them look silly out there exactly right. i'm like so i'm i'm just a little tired yet like yeah credit to them you know brown's defense is great and whatever but the seahawks just beat them too so that will make me feel great um yeah man i'm just i'm just tired of it i need to see uh something something change at at what some point to feel like this is a different team and they're not pretenders because right now it's a me to me based on what we're seeing they. They kind of look like pretenders, you know, mm. if any other team in the NFL, let's say the Eagles had this exact like, you know,
6: mm-hmm.
5: eight game stretch, we would be laughing at them and calling that's, them pretenders. That's what so, i been like,
6: saying. I've been saying the same thing. Keep that same energy with your own team same, man.
5: keep that same energy. So it's not overreacting. Like, I think based on what we know right now, I don't even know who the 49ers are. I don't know what this team is because the first five games of the season, like the the best game they had was against the Cowboys, but they haven't looked like that team ever since. If I'm looking at the games before that Cowboys game, most of it, it was against like way lesser opponents, right? Like you're looking back now and you're like, Oh, okay. Like that makes, (laughs) like, that makes more sense why they were able to dominate. So like, I really don't even know. Um, But I feel better that they beat the Cowboys. So yes, they could do it again. They could be that team again, but I don't, I don't know how. Right. And you're like, you're saying it doesn't help to think it's everything that's being an issue. I think there is, there is probably one thing. And I don't know what that one thing is, but it would, it would be a domino effect to helping everything else. Right. Like on both sides of the ball, like we're talking about the pass rush. I think, I think on the defensive side, it's clear that the pass rush needs to needs to change somehow. And so we're talking about like that disconnect from the coverage and and the defensive line. I don't know how you fix that, but like clearly like that's the issue right on this defense and then on the offense, like you got to be able to run the football (laughs) and if you're not running the football and you're not run blocking uh, well, then yeah, like that's. That's obviously going to be an issue for Brock Purdy. That's going to be an issue for everything else and not being able to get points on the board, not being able to finish all these things. Right. So it's a domino effect. So while it is everything, I do feel like there are if they fix those two things, it could go a long way to, you know, to getting right back on track.
6: Absolutely. And yeah, again, complimentary football, everything you want to make sure you keep the kid um, not throwing the football a ton of times, you know, not trailing. Um, and just in good positions, like, and that's just where they haven't been. So do you think some Niners players go to Cabo during the bye? Hey, if that's going to help them, um, (laughs) I hope so. You know, (laughs) I, I want this team to relax, flush it, fix it, take some time, hang out with your family, hang out with friends, you know, whatever. But I also want 49er fans to do that too. Like, I want you guys to like, enjoy yourself. Like, hey, look, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? Sunday, we can't get hurt. Unless it's about fantasy football, right? So that's a good thing, right? Like we or can we get hurt?
5: Well, I can't. My fantasy team doesn't lose Jay. I don't know about yours.
6: Wow. <laughs> Unreal. Jay lost
5: me. Jay lost me in our league last week. Just saying.
6: And it's always her. It's it's the second year in a row. Like, I literally I have like this I have the like the greatest the dynasty system. team in the world, and every time it's just I run into stuff. The only reason she doesn't get me in the playoffs is because somebody thankfully knocks her off, like before like we get there, and I'm just like, thank God. Um, <laughs> well, nobody cares about our fantasy football teams, but yeah, look, the the fix isn't something that's like this magic thing, right? But you can simplify it to the same things like hey run the ball, get back, find your identity, fix some little things on defense. Um, and Rob says, the, we need the Ravens to beat Seattle. I'm a big Ravens fan anyway. So let's go Lamar. Let's go uh, Justin Tucker. I love kickers. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, there there is a fix for it, right? And it's not some magic potion or anything like that. But you can simplify it and just get down to the basics and get back to the little things, mm-hmm. right? And yep. I think a lot of that starts with the defense where – if you're back to a little bit more of your dominant selves and you're getting off the field and you're, you're hyping up your offense and, you, you know, that thing. And then the offense is sustaining drives again, running the football, imposing their will, keeping the defense, like all of that stuff coincides. So right now um, I need the 49ers to figure it out, um, you know, but I do have hope that they will.
2: On Wednesdays, I catch up with 49ers beat writer Grant Cohn. We call it Stats and Cohn.
7: They were boring for five weeks. Like, all that winning was great. And the story was they're the best of the best of the best. And then all of a sudden, they, like, got – they're, like, a, a boxer that was way up on points. And all of a sudden, they get clipped in the jaw one time. And all of a sudden, they're hurt. And they're going into the bye week losing three rounds in a row. They are hurt. They're dazed. They're bleeding. And you're thinking, like, are they going to turn this around? They're so talented. Do they have a glass jaw? What's going on? And all of a sudden, to end that metaphor, to to to, to sort of just, like, Change the narrative going into the bye week. Instead of it being all doom and gloom, it's they traded for Chase Young. Watch out, watch out, rest of the league. They traded for Chase Young, which is possible. But I mean, like, if we're just gonna step back for a second, Washington didn't want Chase Young. They only got a third round pick for Chase Young. He was a second pick in the draft. He's had injury issues. Word out of that camp is that he's undisciplined and will give up his assignments to search to to hunt for splash plays like. If he does stuff like that for the 49ers, he's not really going to help him. So he's a talented player, but the Niners are a talented team already, especially on the defensive line. Like I'm just a little curious to see if this guy is, you know, the Emmanuel Sanders of the season, the, the Christian McCaffrey of the season, the guy who comes in and essentially fixes everything. They found that guy multiple years. I don't feel like Chase Young is that guy, but I didn't feel like McCaffrey was that guy either. I got to be honest. So we'll see.
2: Before we get into the winners and losers, whenever one of my teams makes a big acquisition, I always grade it by asking three questions. And this applies to sports. It applies to life. If you're about to make a big purchase and you're not sure if you should do it, there are three questions to ask. If you can answer yes to at least two, you should do it every time. You'll never regret it. First question, do you love it? I don't love Chase Young for the reasons you just gave, right? Injury concerns. Is he a freelancer? That type of thing. I don't love it. Second question. Do you need Chase Young? I think they do. Their pass rush has been not good this year. Not good mm-hmm. enough, clearly. And the third question is, is it a good deal? And it's unquestionably a good deal for the 49ers. They're giving up a third round comp pick, which they can get back if Chase Young leaves after the season and signs elsewhere mm-hmm. as a free agent. Yes. So, and they That's still smart. have 11 picks in the draft. So it's unquestionably a deal, a gamble worth taking for the 49ers. So do you love it? Do you need it? Is it a good deal? I think you need it. I think it's a good deal. So I, I credit the Niners for doing it.
7: Okay. Let me try to argue why I think this isn't necessarily the move. I mean, maybe it's the best move they could make, right? I, I asked John Lynch, why don't you get a corner? And he said, you know, we we think it all starts up front, but also also this is what was available. I think... You can find edge rushers. They're available. They're almost like running backs. They're important, but they're also abundant. And it's hard to find corners because there's not that many good ones. So you said the Niners pass rush isn't great. It's funny, like if you look at the sack numbers, it's not. But if you look at the pressure numbers, it is good. They're they're getting their pressure percentage is 25%. And that's ninth best in the league. Could it be better? Yes. But it's not exactly bad and it's up from last year. So why is the pressure percentage up, but the sacks down? To me, that's because the run defense is worse. And the coverage is worse. Like the ball's coming out quick and the other team's running the ball. So what they're getting is a lot of third and manageables. Yep. Third and two, third and three, third and four, where that's not really a pass rushing down anyway. I mean, the ball can come out quick. You want third and nine. And you're not going to get third and nine if you're giving up four or five yards of carry. So another pass rusher, like I keep going back to what the Niners have sort of traded off this this year. They got rid of Jimmy Ward, Aziz Al Al-Shair, Samson Ebukam, Hassan Ridgeway, Charles and those are all run defenders, nitty gritty players who aren't flashy and they replaced them with pass rushers. Javon Hargrave, Randy Gregory, chase young. Okay. That's good. But again, if you can't stop the run and your corners are playing nine yards off the ball and giving up a bunch of quick passes, you're, you could have four Nick Boses and it's not, you're not going to get the sacks. That's the problem
0: That's Chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Thursdays is the original gold standard
2: podcast with myself and the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Joe Kohler says, what's Levin's take on Coke versus Pepsi? And there's only one correct answer.
3: Uh, your take is exactly my take. If I'm at a restaurant and I say I'll take a Coke and they say Pepsi, not only do I go, no, I'm annoyed that they <laughs> think that's the same. Right. Yes. <laughs> Like, all right, don't pretend it's the same. Now, I do have people, you know, if they say, sorry, we only have Pepsi. Is that OK? I'm OK with that. If you ask me in that in that term, you apologize. But when they say, I say, right. When you say I'll take a Coke and they go, oh, we got Pepsi. Like, no. And you have nothing. there have been a few times when in my life where I've asked for a Coke, they bring it. It's clearly Pepsi. I say, yep. this is Pepsi, isn't it? And they go, yeah. And I go, OK, take it off my bill.
2: Right. I didn't ask for I've that. I've had
3: to do that twice. Like, no, I don't want Pepsi. Don't, don't pretend it's the same.
2: You are a man after my own heart in that in that case. Absolutely. And, oh,
3: and I, from the time, so I had a cousin that my brother and I were close with. They live like a couple blocks away. They always had Pepsi in the house. Always. Oh. And I never wanted it. And I said when I was nine years old, Pepsi ta- tastes like flat Coke. Yes. And you said that yesterday. It tastes like flat Coke. If you take Coke and you stir it up and get rid of most of the carbonation and then drink it, it will taste exactly like Pepsi.
2: Right. There's no Pepsi factory. They just go around collecting Coke and they shake it up and then they change the label on it. That's the recipe for Pepsi. I don't know if people know That's, this. This is the
3: best drink, coffee.
2: Oh, I thought you were, I thought you had a little something extra in that coffee. Uh, Joe's back. He says there's a lot of talk about how bad Purdy is, but who's the alternative if he's not the future? Who do you think, who do you both think the Niners should get? I think there are clearly questions with Purdy. uh, And I said just a couple hours ago, the Kirk Cousins thing is still a definite possibility for this team in 2024. I don't care about his Achilles. Like, they'll, he'll be back. I think it's a, it's a very real chance that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of this team next year.
3: I, I think there's a chance. I don't think it's a very big chance. The part that I take issue with is people saying, oh, if he has another bad game or two, he's going to be benched. Get the hell out of here with that. We know who's pushing that. You talked to him yesterday. Grant is pushing that because it gets him clicks. But that is a bullshit take that has no actual credibility. No, they're not about to ben- bench him for Sam Darnold. That's a narrative you're trying to push to get attention. I hate that. Like, there's no chance he's going to get benched right now. Zero. Now, if you go... Let's say the, the Niners miraculously win some games and they're still in playoff position and Purdy's had like four or five, six more games where he has this and his turnovers are approaching you know, 20 for the season. That's the only time I would think. like, If you get like eight straight games of somebody turning the ball over multiple times, at that point, the coach has to start to think about it.
2: I would rather see Purdy for every game the rest of the way. So I, I don't care how bad it gets. Figure out what you have. If you have a quarterback, stick with a guy long enough to know. And actually, know, not like, oh, four starts and now we know. Um, Let's get into some of the defensive stuff here because.
3: Well, well, before we do that, I do want to, I want to give you a theoretical stat line for Purdy. Like how Uh good do you have to be that you would take? If I told you right now, Purdy will end up with 4,300 yards. 26 passing touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Would you take that?
2: 26 passing touchdowns. I mean, can I get a quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns, please? So basically you're giving me 14 more touchdowns through the year for Purdy because he already has 12 now. And six interceptions. 14 11 total. touchdowns. Yeah. The problem is, like, am I getting the Purdy? that I saw the last three weeks or am I getting parity from earlier in the year?
3: Well, I think it's pretty obvious with that. You're getting a, a mixture.
2: Yeah. Which is realistically the most likely thing. I was going to say, no, I'd roll the dice on that. I need more touchdowns. I want touchdowns, man. Enough of this field goal crap. Enough of this. Well, they move the ball really well. Score points. What if I told you he has four rushing
3: touchdowns? Two during that period, four on the season, so 30 total touchdowns
2: on the season. All right, I have to sign up for 30 total touchdowns. That's what he's on pace for. Well, we haven't had that here in San Francisco (laughs) since Jeff Garcia. So No, he's
3: literally – the stat line I gave you is what he's on pace for. He's on pace for 4,320 passing yards, 26 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 227 rushing yards, and four rushing touchdowns. So he's on pace for – more than 4,500 total yards and he's on pace for 30 total touchdowns to just 11 interceptions. That's what he's on pace for. Why are we talking about him potentially getting benched? I understand he's had three bad games in a row. He's turned the ball over, but as I said, it's not like it's been complete disaster negatives. He's had in every single one of those games, he's had a multiple quarter stretch where he's been really good. He just has Mm -hmm. made the critical mistakes. Like I said, he's, he just said that only the 23rd game in history where a quarterback had 350 passing yards to 15 rush, rushing yards. Like he is, he's close. He's doing a lot of positive, and then he has the one critical mistake, which is not something you can allow to be sustained. Right? You can't allow that to continue to happen. If he keeps doing that, then that's what he is, and that's not good enough. But the simple fact of the matter is, he's having streaks of being really, really good, and then he makes the critical mistake. That's exactly what you expect out out of a young quarterback, right? So I don't get the narrative of, ooh, he could get benched by season end. I I just don't, I I don't get that because what he's done to this point in the season is really, really good. And if I would go further and say that if it wasn't three games in a row, if it was still the total, but he had like two good games to start the season, then a bad game, then two good games, and then a bad game, and then, you know, ended up with five good games and three bad games. Like he has same exact stat line. The narrative would be completely different. There'd be nobody sitting here saying, Ooh, he could get benched. It's the fact that three came in a row.
2: Yeah, that's fair. And I, I think that there is some truth to that. I still think I would not, I would feel uneasy if the Niners had the same record, even if they didn't lose all three in a row, um, just because yeah,
3: I would feel uneasy, but I think the narrative pretty specifically yes. would have a different narrative.
2: Even if if Moody just makes that one kick, right? Yeah. If you only change that one play, I think the feeling on Moody is a lot different, especially because, like you said, statistically, other than the interceptions, he did put up a, a lot of numbers against Cincinnati. We close out the week on Friday with myself and Michelle Majuk from NFL Network. We call it the Gold Diggers. Let's get into some best bets for this week. We'll start uh, with the Eagles. They're playing the Cowboys. In this one uh, last. Oh, shoot. You know what? I'm sorry. I didn't write down the spread. I'm gonna have to go check it's it.
8: minus The Eagles are minus three over under 47.
2: Hmm. Okay. What do you like?
8: I, I think because it's a at home at the Eagles, if this, I, I honestly would take whatever the home team was, but I don't trust the Cowboys on the road. I'm not quite, I didn't look at the weather in Philadelphia, but I'm guessing it's getting pretty cold and windy up in Pennsylvania. So I'm definitely, I know the Cowboys offense has looked much better and I do expect Dak to put up some points and have lots of yards, but I still think the Eagles end up winning this game. It'll be a close one, but I would take the Eagles minus three. I think they win by four to six points somewhere in there.
2: I think the Eagles are going to win. I think Dallas has a shot but I think they're going to need some big plays and possibly some points scored from their defense. So I think Philly has more paths to victory. And this is why it's important for the 49ers, because if Dallas loses the Niners pass them in the NFC playoff standings, the Niners would be the five seed because they'd have the same record, but San Francisco would have the head to head win. And yes, I'm already looking at that stuff. I've been looking at it all year. I was going to ask,
8: are you rooting for the Cowboys?
2: Um. Well, we benefit either way, right? Because if the, if Dallas wins, then Philly comes back to the pack and the Niners, you know, have a better shot to potentially get the number one seed. And if Philly wins, first of all, then they basically wrap up the division if Philly wins. And that's another loss for Dallas, which is good because it pushes them below the Niners in the NFC playoff setting. So either way, there's some benefit to the 49ers, which is nice.
8: And I think you'd rather the Eagles win the division than the cowboys because then if the 49ers win the division, they definitely won't you you know you would much rather have to face the cowboys than the eagles early on in the playoffs, right? I, I think they match up so much better. I it, I'm not saying that the 49ers couldn't beat the Eagles in the playoffs, but they match up so much better against the Cowboys. We've seen that. So you'd much rather the Cowboys be a wild card team and then have maybe have to face them than have the Eagles be a wild card team and might have to face them in the first round. That would be terrible.
2: I would rather not have to face the Eagles at all, to be honest with you. So yeah, delay that. Maybe the Eagles get picked off by somebody else. That's the, that's the perfect plan. Uh, So I think uh,
8: maybe we root for the Eagles in this game as a 49ers fan.
2: I've said, I fear the Eagles right now. I absolutely do. They're a gritty team. They have an uncoverable player on secondary
8: kind of stinks though.
2: Yeah, okay, but you know what? They know how to win close games. They're mentally tough. They're battle tested. The 49ers are battle tested, but we got a glass jaw. Philly doesn't. They grind it out, man.
8: Glass jaw.
2: Yeah, you never heard that expression?
8: I still don't know if you said jaw or jar um because of your accent that you use there. What accent? I don't I don't know. A- it sounded like a New York accent.
2: Oh, please say the word talented, please.
8: Talented. <laughs> okay. It's
2: I rest normal there. to me. <laughs> Uh, Next up, and this is probably the game I'll be watching most closely on Sunday, Seahawks Ravens. I actually took Seattle plus six in this game and I felt pretty good about it. But now you, you got me scared a little bit.
8: Well, listen, like, like Nicholas Para said in the comments, I'm a jinx, so you'll, you'll be fine. I right. I think the Ravens destroy the Seahawks. I think it's going to be, look a lot like that Lions game. I don't believe the Seahawks are a great team. I think they are above average team and they should make the playoffs and their defense has really stepped up as of late, like since week four, they've been one of the best defenses of the league. Their secondary got healthy. And then they just traded for uh Leonard Williams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Defense tackle. So they should be better as well up front. And they are getting a lot of pass rush from uh, Boye Mafe, their second, um, second year guy there. He's been great. I think the Seahawks are a good team. Not a great team. A lot like the lions where if, when they're going to have to go away and face a really good team, they're going to get their butts spanked. And I think that's what happens to the Seahawks. So I would take Ravens minus six.
2: Wow. I, I think the Ravens are going to win because I think that Lamar is Lamar is really freaking good. I don't know why some people don't want to give him credit. Like, there was a play last week. This is like a perfect, this is, I feel like, what people always talk about when we fall in love with, like, traits for quarterbacks. There was a play last week where Lamar drops back in the red zone and his offensive lineman gets shoved into his left leg, his front leg, and at the same time, his receiver's coming open in the back of the end zone. And so <laughs> Lamar just lets his left leg, Swing open like he's a rocket, like he's doing the kick line, and he just fires a perfect strike, perfect spiral, right in the perfect spot to the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Like physical, just making plays in less than ideal conditions, right? You didn't have a perfect pocket, a oh no, fluke play where an offensive lineman gets shoved into your leg. Doesn't matter. Just touchdown, ho hum, touchdown. That's what people that talk about traits and arm strength and stuff like that with quarterbacks. Those are the type of plays we talk about wanting to be able to make,
8: you know, like Geno, I'm not worried about Geno Smith against the Ravens are allowing the fewest points per game in the league this year. Like the Ravens defense is legit. They're at home. Geno Smith's not going to put up points against them. DK has like been struggling with an injury and I just, I just don't envision them doing much of anything in this game.
2: Yeah, there is something weird going on with DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. The vibes there are not good. He's like complaining on the sideline. I don't know specifically what it is, and if anybody has more insight and you want to drop it in the chat, I I welcome it. But I don't like what's going on there. Well, I mean, I like it, but if you're a Seahawks fan, you probably don't like it. But I, I think this game is going to be close. I don't think Seattle's going to win, but Seattle's defense, like you said, has turned it on. Pete Carroll knows how to coach up young, talented players, especially on defense. Like he, I feel like he's much better with a young team than he is with a veteran team. Um, So I think it's going to be close, but I agree. I think Seattle is not as good as their record looks because they played a bunch of cupcakes.
8: Yeah. I, I think uh last week, them coming back and winning against the Browns. I mean, uh, somehow the Browns keep staying in games. So I don't even want to say like, oh man, they almost lost to the Browns. Cause like the 49ers lost to the Browns, right? And for them to be able to come back and win that game, good for them. I just, I, again, this is like a win. This is a lose, lose, win, win game for me because either one of these teams lose makes me happy for one of my teams, 49ers or Steelers, but then one of these teams have to win, which I Mm -hmm. also don't want, which kind of stinks. But I I do think the Ravens are the much better team in this matchup.
2: We will see. Edgardo, with the point of the day, the Lions are getting the number one seed. They have the weakest schedule. Have you looked at the Lions schedule, Michelle?
8: No, I haven't.
2: It It is. Comical. It is like the league said, okay, everyone likes Dan Campbell. The Lions have been bad for a long time. Let's just give them a super easy schedule and put them in the playoffs. Let me throw it up on the screen for people in case you're watching on the YouTube stream. It is unbelievable, the schedule.
8: To be fair, the Vikings would have been two hard games, but now with Kirk Cousins out.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. It gets even easier, right? So here we go. The Lions, they got the Chargers after the bye. They're on a bye this week. They got the Chargers. Then they have the Bears, who stink. The Packers, who stink. New Orleans, who stinks. The Bears again, who stinks. Denver, who stinks. No Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Then they play the Cowboys. Then they finish with Minnesota. If the Lions don't get the number one seed, it would be a massive collapse. They should be crushed for it. The NFL is handing them the number one seed.
8: Now No, the Eagles only have one loss. What if they keep winning? They should get crushed because the Eagles are great. The I mean. Eagle schedule is brutal, but you, what if the Eagles keep winning? The lions can't make the Eagles lose. They don't play them. So how would you like them? Like, what if the Eagles just keep winning?
2: I guess it's possible, but look at the Eagle schedule. They got Dallas, then they're in Kansas city, then Buffalo, then San Francisco, then Dallas, then Seattle.
8: They're end is of a- the season. We're all easy
2: that is a stretch for the Eagles. You tell me they're going to win all those games? Maybe, but I think, you know, even good teams lose games against good teams. So to me, it's on a platter for the Lions and they better do it or they're frauds.
8: Oh my goodness. The 49ers lost to the Browns. Yeah. And the we 49ers- thought that it's going to be an easy game. So you can't say if the 49ers, I'm, I'm sure the Lions are going to lose at least one more game, right? So if they're, they finish with three losses on the year. They're going to be frauds just because the Eagles finished with two. Yes. Of three?
2: Yes, absolutely. Oh yes.
8: Okay. How okay, many games
2: did the Vikings win last year? And everybody said they're complete frauds. Nobody believed in them. Nobody was impressed whatsoever. Think they ended have- up winning
8: a lot of close games, right? That was it. The Lions are destroying teams. They got destroyed one time, but they're just they destroy
2: teams. teams. They're playing the little sisters of the poor here. This is such a cake schedule for the Lions. It's unbelievable. They better get the number one seat. They've played one of the hard teams. They've played Seattle up. Oh, they lost Baltimore up. Oh, they got their doors blown in. They beat Kansas City by one point in week one, which is always a weird week. Anytime they've played anybody that has their stuff together, the Lions lose.
8: I mean, they lost in overtime against the Seahawks. I don't know.
2: They lost. What oh, game gets to overtime, so it doesn't count?
8: So are the 49ers frauds?
2: They're kind of looking like frauds. They're certainly front runners right now. Yeah. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network and like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube channel. If you ever want to watch any of our shows, they are all up there for you to enjoy. Enjoy a weekend off of 49ers football. Maybe catch some other teams or, frankly, just do whatever the hell you want to do. Make it a good one because when we come back for the second half, it is going to be pedal to the metal all the way to the playoffs. Have a good Saturday, everyone